millions of dollars. That is how much Rudy Giuliani, the one-time lawyer for Donald Trump, owes in legal fees. This is according to a source familiar with the matter. And it comes as Trump, as I speak, is headlining a $100,000 a plate fundraiser at his Bedminster Golf Club to raise money for Giuliani, one of his 18 co-defendants in Fulton County. Of all the things in the world to spend your hard-earned money on. Let's go straight to Paula Reed. Paula, we knew Giuliani was struggling financially, right? They're trying to sell his apartment. There have been other reporting. But you're reporting now about how much he owes. Millions of dollars. I mean, it's, it's, it's stunning. I mean, how much and how much will tonight's fundraiser even make a dent into it? Well, they estimate tonight they'll have around a dozen people, each paying $100,000 a plate, and that well over a million dollars there will make a dent in what one source says is around $5 million in unpaid legal wow. fees. And this is the first of two fundraisers that the former president has agreed uh, to help Giuliani with in an effort to help him pay off some of this debt. Now, in addition to Trump's efforts, we know at least one Giuliani associate is also reaching out to people who Giuliani has helped in the past, folks who reached out to him for favors when he was on top, former deputies and politicians. But I'm told those efforts have resulted in what amounts to peanuts in terms of how much money those have actually raised. But he's also looking at likely another million dollars in legal bills down in Georgia. In the Fulton County case, we heard yesterday prosecutors say they expect that trial will last around four months. They'll call 150 witnesses. That is a lot of billable hours, Aaron. He currently has a, a defense team down there, but it's unclear if he's going to be able to come up with the money to keep them. I'm still, I'm still just my jaws on the floor about paying $100,000 to go to a dinner to pay for someone's legal fees. <laughs> I, I, all right. Um, all right. You, you and your team, Paula, have reported on Giuliani going to Mar-a-Lago to plead with Trump face-to-face -face for help, uh, to ask for money. Trump uh, didn't want to do it. They do, though, still spend time together, Trump and Giuliani. They were at a Bikers for Trump rally on Labor Day as just one example. I mean, is there, what is the status of their relationship and, and Trump's, you know, the pressure that he may be under to fork over some cash? Erin, it's fascinating. Our colleague Kristen Holmes and I, we spoke to many sources on both sides of this. And the one thing that everybody agrees on is that these two men enjoy a very strong relationship. They've been friends mm -hmm. for decades. But one thing that I learned is that Rudy Giuliani will not directly ask Trump for money. He believes that it is disrespectful to the former president. So that responsibility has fallen to his son, Andrew Giuliani, who is close to Trump, and Giuliani's former lawyer, Rob Costello. He went down with Giuliani in the spring. Uh, we wrote about this uh, in our story to ask Trump for money, but we've learned Costello did almost all of the talking. Giuliani currently owes Costello about $1.4 million. Tonight might help a little with that, but it's interesting. Around the former president, there's a split among his advisors. Some people say, look, you don't have to help him. You can even cut him loose. But other people are insisting that, yes, you do need to help him. Look what he's done for you. All hmm. of he, his work in recent years has been for you. He has lost uh, a great deal of his reputation based on that work. One of his associates estimates that he has lost between 10 and $20 million in consulting fees based on the damage on his relationship, uh, his reputation because of this relationship. But look, they are hanging out. We, we saw them having lunch, playing golf. Tonight they'll be at this fundraiser. So apparently they're not letting money get in the way of their, uh, their decades-long friendship. That's confounding. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Paula Reed, with all of her reporting. Let's go to Ryan Goodman now, our outfront legal expert. So, Ryan, all right. I'm sorry. I, I still, I mean, <laughs> anybody watching comprehend paying $100,000 for a dinner for anything?
Never mind Rudy Giuliani's legal bills. I mean, I, I cannot get my, my, my mind around this. Um, it does raise the question, though, right? Rudy Giuliani is so crucial in all of these cases uh, that Trump is doing this now. Is there, is there a risk of Giuliani, I guess, for lack of a better word, flipping if Trump doesn't help him in this way? Um, I could easily imagine so. So I would side essentially with the advisors who are telling Trump, you know, if you want to keep him in the fold, you'd want to keep this person um, viable financially, because if he is going down financially at this burn rate, then he might very well either think just out of a sense of betrayal, like mm-hmm. even though I didn't ask him directly, he has not given back to me, or, uh, given how much I've given my life to the former president. Right. And the second might just be when these financial bills start to mount like this, you just can't have the legal team that you need in place to fend off an indictment in Georgia that might take four months. And then the judge in Georgia uh, this week said, oh, it might be double that amount of time. That's just an enormous uh, financial bill that he has to pay if he's gonna put up a strong defense. Have, have you ever heard anything like this, people raising money like this? No, it's also um, unusual to go a bl- to a billionaire or a multi-billionaire's home <laughs> in order to pay $100,000 in when that person sitting in that room could obviously cut the check. Um, so. Right. I mean, that's just amazing. It's not just that other people are willing to pay for it. It's that someone could pay for it and isn't, and they're still, and they're stepping in. It's, it's, it's stunning. Um, all right. So, you know, you brought up what's going on in Fulton County, right? The Rudy Giuliani would have that as well. Uh, Trump attorneys now say they may try to move his case in the racketeering case in Fulton County uh, to federal court, just like Mark Meadows is trying to do. Now, we've been saying now for a couple days, any minute we could get a decision on the judge on whether Meadows will be successful in that attempt. We still haven't gotten it. Do you read anything into that? And do you think Trump has a chance of succeeding at doing the same? So I think uh, Trump has a chance of succeeding. He might also be sending a signal to the state court judge that things can get really messy um, because he himself might get into federal court and then it can throw a spanner into the works of the state court judge proceeding head, which the state court judge actually raised that question in the mm-hmm. hearing. What happens if we start the trial and then some of these defendants start getting put into federal court? Right. I do think Trump has a pretty good shot. Uh, there's a good argument on his behalf that he should be in federal court because he's being charged for his actions within his office. That's the argument. His best argument is actually to let Meadows go first. Meadows has the strongest claim. And then the law is a little bit uncertain the law might say that once one goes, 19 go, that the entire case gets removed to federal court. So that might be Trump's best shot. Let Meadows be the person because he's got the strongest claim, and then we can maybe all go with Meadows. Otherwise, he can do his own case, and he can say, look, some of these charges do affect what I was doing in my office, even though some are about what I was doing with my campaign. And that's another question that the judge has actually raised in the federal court. He said, what happens in that situation? All right, so uh, one final development today. Peter Navarro, who was trade advisor for President Trump, uh, and now it was convicted tonight of contempt of Congress for not complying with the subpoena for the January 6th committee. Uh, he is the second uh, person to, to face that. He says he's going to appeal executive privilege. Um, but w- what could he be facing here? I think he faces something, well, he faces something from one month to a year, according to the statute. There's in terms actually, of prison In terms time. of prison time, there's a minimum, um, and then there's a maximum. Right. Uh, there are two c- charges, two counts, but they'll probably run that at the same time concurrently. Mm-hmm. So he faces real jail time. Um, I think he might get something like Steve Bannon got for the very same kind of action, uh, contempt of Congress, not testifying for the very same set of issues, four months in prison. Uh, it's, it's a, it raises the question why a person like that would face prison time rather than having just given information to Congress. Well, it certainly does. I mean, there's something, no matter what you want to say, that you have to really reflect upon your entire life if you end up in such a situation. All right, Ryan, thank you very thank you. much.